five nil. So uh, it was it was a night here for Phoenix Rising, taking on Detroit City FC for the first time in competitive play here at 38 and Washington and Rising come away with a big resounding victory that puts them back into the top four. Welcome to the PHNX Rising post-game show. No Max Simpson tonight. I'm Owen Evans. I'm joined by Devin Henderson. It's Devin. great to be here. It was, I mean, it was a it was a day for Phoenix Rising. It was a day that we knew that they had the talent to have these games, these type of games. But earlier in the season, they kind of struggled to showcase that talent. It seemed like games where they should have won 5-0, where they should have put teams away. They were drawing or 1-0 victories or, you know, these close matchups. And now it finally seems like they've kind of hit their stride and that talent is really showing through. That's how it felt in the first half as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. You see them kind of huffing and puffing. You get a, a couple of half chances. And then finally, into stoppage time, they take the lead. And second half, it's a completely different look. Yeah, and like in the first half, again, it was like you said, it was kind of what we've been seeing where half chances and it took a mistake from Detroit to even get, you know, their first good chance of the game, which they buried. And credit to Juan Guerra for getting his side ready for that second half and saying, we're not going to sit in at 1-0. We're going to go out. We're going to attack the game. We're going to prove to the fans and frankly, everyone in the league who should be watching this game that we are one of on paper and now on the field, we are one of the most talented teams in the league. Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to all of you in our chat who are... Uh excited a lot of people very excited fat kid five nil playoffs baby tyler saying are we for sure locked in playoffs no not quite yet the it's a little bit of a way to go on that one specifically yeah a lot of people a lot of people very excited someone here giving me some right stick for uh, how many people does owen need to interview as many it's not as my it takes. fault when people take a while to get there it's not my fault but yeah no max tonight uh max is busy Buying beers, I'm sure, for people. Um, shout out to Max, buying beers as ever. And you know what? If Max is going to miss a 5-0 win here against Detroit City, maybe we don't bring him back. I mean, I'm glad to be chat, here. Chat, you make that decision. Chat, you make that decision. But let's maybe dive in a little bit more. Look at our man of the match. Let's start with that one. Danny Trejo. It has to be Danny Trejo, doesn't it? Let's take a look at his stats. Two goals, two shots. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, he was a guy going into the game where we knew, like, if he got opportunities one on one against these short defenders, he was going to be eaten. Like it was going to be bad for all for Detroit in the back today. And he's that special type of player where coming in, he's had that LAFC experience and he's had that MLS experience coming in. We knew he was going to be a danger player. He's kind of been up and down this season. And as of late, he's hit his stride. I believe he's, he's probably now tied or first in the league after the night in goals scored. And it's just... He's, he's leading that golden boot he, race. He's leading yeah. the golden boot race. And so he's that player, that difference maker for them up top. And both of his chances were kind of... They were set up by Arteaga, who I think had a great game today as well. And just... It was a great... Great for him to take his chances to finish the ones that he got. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a really good point, right? Let's talk about Manuel Arteaga as well. He sets up that first goal. He ends up getting one himself as well later on in the game. Those two as a pairing are just on a completely different level, it feels, to the large swathes of the league. I mean, we said going into this game, right? Manuel Arteaga and Danny Trejo combined had more goals than Detroit City had in this season, season. Yeah. as a team. Yeah. Uh, and when, when you look at that, you have those kind of guys, guys you can pair up, you can put them together, and you just can't mark them out of the game because you've got, you know, you, you can mark a player out of the game, maybe, but when you, you're doing two, and then you're opening up more space for other people, Panos Amanakas, you're opening up space for Fede Varela, you're opening up space for Formella. even guys like Formella or Eddie Manjoma or yeah. Gabby Torres. When you've got those two players and, and they're both really on form as they look for, for spells of this game today, yeah, there's just no stopping them in this league, is there? And I think the biggest thing for them is 
how unselfish they've become and how well they started to play off each other. I mean, you notice that first goal, Arteaga obviously gave it up to Trejo, but I look even at that that second Trejo goal, right, where Arteaga saw that he was going to be offsides and made the run anyways, and Trejo read it, you know, just just they're, they're like this, right? He read it, he was able to make that run in behind, knew he was going to be offside, knew Arteaga was going to leave it, and that kind of unspoken connection there, that's something that's super, super dangerous and super hard to defend against. And another person we managed to hear from after the game is our Panos Amanakis, of course, he gets a goal and an assist on the night. His first home goal, actually, yeah. for Panos, and he seemed pretty happy after that one. Yeah. Look, it's Again, Palace is a guy who I think, since he's coming in, we've seen some moments really of, of brilliance out of him. And it's just putting that together into consistent performances. That's the challenge right now for him. He's managed to do it tonight. And it's, yeah, again, I mean, it's just so much you can say just showering on praise on some of these boys after a 5-0 win against a, a team that, we knew we were going to sit back pretty much for most of the game. Right, and we knew coming into the game that Detroit was going to try to counter and so it was going to be really interesting to see how Rising's kind of possessive style of play was able to break it down. And frankly, in the first half, they weren't. Like, they didn't have good chances in through those channels. There wasn't really any channels to get through. And so it took until the second half um, for them to get a lead, to them to kind of get Detroit a little tired from chasing the game. And credit to them, the biggest thing for them is once they saw those opportunities and started taking them, they kept going and going, and going all the way through to that Formello goal when the game was out of sight. But, you know, they broke this team down and they didn't, they never let up. They never let the foot off the net. Exactly, exactly. And, you know what? I'm going to run through some stats right now that I think are quite interesting. We're going to go looking at the expected goals here, the XG. Manuel Arteaga, XG, 1.15. Danny Trejo, XG, 0.53. Panos Amanakis, XG, 0.32. Detroit City, XG, 0.27. So free rising players there. Free rising players have just created more individually than the entire than the entirety of detroit city fc and i think like well one i can't remember off the top of my head any any save that rocco really had to make that was even remotely challenging right and i think that like i said is this team can attack like this rising team can attack they have that attacking prowess and even panos like you said he doesn't have all the goals as trejo as archiago but don't like think for a second he's not just as talented as them Right. He just he's just not the goal scorer. But there's just so many different options they have for Mello coming off the bench. And the thing that they have Fede Varela coming from Europe, coming off the bench, like imagine going 75 minutes having to deal with Arteaga and mm-hmm. Trejo. And now you have to deal with Fede Varela fresh. It, it's it's something that like they can carry into the playoffs. And I think it's going to be very exciting for them. Indeed, they can. Indeed, they can. Well, if you're a rising fan, you might want to celebrate tonight. Head on home and make sure to grab yourself a four peaks. I know i got some wows in the fridge. Going to make sure that when I get home, maybe open up the fridge, crack one open. It's a good time. Always a good time. And, of course, we're getting now into fall, which means we're getting towards pumpkin porter season. Are you a pumpkin spice guy? Oh, nah, not personally, no. Okay, well, see, I'm not a pumpkin spice guy. I do drink the pumpkin porters, though. They are great. They also, I mean, they've done the, the pies in the past with that, making pies with the pumpkin porter, which is really, really nice down at the 8th Street Pub. But, um... Make sure to follow along on social at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub to get all the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. And remember, of course, you have to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. And of course, if you're feeling a little bit like Detroit City, getting towards the end of the game, you're out of gas, maybe. You're out of gas. Where do you go if you're out of gas? You head on down to Circle K. And while you're heading down to Circle K, make sure to join their Inner Circle, the new Inner Circle program. 
and it gives you lots of great benefits. You save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. You get free uh, snacks as you earn over time. You get some free Polar Pops. There's loads of good stuff if you sign up for the Inner Circle program. Remember, the best part about it all is that they are com it is completely free to join so go ahead join the inner circle for free by downloading the circle k app today terms and conditions apply participating locations visit circlek.com for details right let's have a look though a few other things i think we need to talk about specifically from rising's game tonight one of the big notes really coming out of it in the 5-0 win of course Gabby Torres going down injured in the first half. We did get a slight update there from Juan Guerra saying it looks to be, I mean, it's still early. They're not entirely sure what it is, but it looks to be very similar to the injury that he suffered earlier this season. That's a concern. That is a huge concern for Phoenix Rising. They're hoping again it won't be for as long as he was out earlier this yeah. season, but that's still a concern. So just... When, when you're looking at now, Daniel King out injured, Gabby Torres out injured, how much of a blow is this one for Rising? Well, they're kind of running thin on that left side. I mean, Gabby Torres is a guy that can defend and attack. We saw it today where he had a lot of good opportunities in those spaces in that left flank where he could get found through. And when you bring in a guy like Erickson Gallardo, obviously Gallardo played off on the right. He has played off on the left. Gallardo, he's not coming back and defending. We know that. And so it leaves that left center back, whether it be Triori or Crutzen, in these really tough spots where they have to defend by themselves against one, two, sometimes three players, not having that defensive support from the wing back, especially in a three-back system. Um, and they're just, they're just running short of purely defensive players. I mean, Eddie could play on the left side, and Uzo could slide in on the right. I don't know, you know how up to speed Uzo is. He hasn't had a lot of consistent game time, but I think it's they're just running short of players that can play down that left flank defensively and offensively indeed and one other player that rising is going to be without looking ahead down the line these next two games renzo zambrano picking up a yellow card today that activates a yellow card suspension he's had so many this season and he's up to a two-game suspension for this one yeah. we did hear from juan guerra about that one asked him about whether you needed to think about maybe with a game feeling as though it's done do you pull him off earlier and, and try and avoid him picking up a card yeah. what he said is this look They've got two games coming up in quite quick succession now. For Renzo to miss those two games means that he misses two weeks effectively, right? It's two weeks between games. If he picked one up later down the line and missing games that are more spaced out, then he's going to have a lot longer out of competition Thanks. compared to what he has now with these games. So it's not something that one is overly concerned about, I think, in this moment. It's worth noting, of course, that you've got a guy like Carlos Harvey who is perfectly able to step up in that role. And quite frankly, it's been weird to see Carlos Harvey sitting on the bench, someone who for large parts of rising season so far has probably been one of their best players. Um, so seeing him on the bench lately has been a little bit weird, but at least you've got the comfort of knowing that he's there. Right. And I think, I do think it is weird. You know, when I came in today and I seen that Carlos Harvey wasn't going to start, it's, it's a little weird. Right. And I think it speaks to the depth that Juan Guerra feels confident. Um, I also, I think it speaks to the talent of Jose Andres Hernandez, right? And how Juan really wants that player like him who can identify those spaces and be able to get on a turn. I've seen him do that so many times. He's so, you know, positive. He's not a, he's not a, as, uh, with a he's not a backpack merchant. You know what I mean? Like he likes to get mm -hmm. on a turn. He likes to progress the play. And I think that mm -hmm. Juan has really liked to see that. And then he has obviously Renzo, who's that mainstay. But it speaks to the depth of the team where Renzo can go down. And now we have a 6'1", 200-pound Panamanian that we can throw out there as the bench, you know, 
boohoo us, right? And so, you know, it, it kind of speaks to the depth of the team to have a player like Carlos Harvey that can play in there. It does, it does. But one of the big things that, that Juan brought up, I think, in the post game as well, um, if we look at some of the things that he was saying, he was talking about how actually, yeah, they get all the goals, but you've really got to point to the fact that Rising yet again are keeping a clean sheet. Uh, and that's actually a really critical part of this. Part of the reason why they were able to open up the game as much as they did in that second half. You get that first goal right before the stroke of half time, but you've managed to keep Detroit out and managed to, broadly speaking, keep them from threatening. Yeah. And that's going to cause a little bit of desperation that is making them chase the game, particularly in a, a temperature, a climate that they're, they're not necessarily used to. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just... The work I think that we've seen in some of these recent weeks in terms of just improving the defense has been honestly quite impressive. And again, it's going back to the depth. You lose Kevin Lambert, you know, Crutzen goes down with injury and Crutzen comes back and he's still not even in the starting lineup. And yeah. that just speaks to how many talented players they have in the back. And I think Stenberg has been a really, really big key addition for the team. He's added this kind of physical edge to the team. I mean, I watched the Miami game and three minutes in and he's sending in a flying 50-50 two-footed challenge. And that's something that players remember. And that's something that players see. And that's something that they feel like over the course of the game. It's like, I don't know if I want to go shoulder to shoulder with this guy because he might lay me out. Right. And so that physical presence on they've been missing. And I think Stenberg has done a really good job in the center of defense of kind of adding that bite to this defense. He has been. I think Stenberg's contribution goes beyond just as well. What he's doing defensively, you, you see him as a guy who can also in that kind of system whereby Juan is expecting them to play out the back and, and be purposeful with the way that they pass the ball out from the back. He, he's someone that really fits in with that one just because he's pretty good with the ball at his feet as well. I Right, and I don't think he's any Danny Crutzen, right? I mean, at one point, Daniel Crutzen was leading the league in, in total passes, but I think that he's capable of doing it, more, more than capable of doing it. And I think that his defensive ability kind of allows him to keep playing because he can run Juan Guerra's system, but he is that kind of that eraser in the back that they kind of lost with Kevin Lambert. And then also credit to Alu Mayor. I said on the broadcast today, like to have so much interchange through this lineup where even Fede Varela gets benched, Carlos Harvey gets benched, Crutzen gets benched, Arteaga was benched a couple games for Conway. Like, Fuenmayer has been that guy that game in and game out has played so many minutes for this team, and he's kind of kept his role kind of locked in. Yeah, it's an interesting one in many ways, Fuenmayer, because you'd often, I think, earlier in the season, you'd see Crutzen, you'd see Fuenmayer, and you'd see Kev Lambert, and you'd often almost think that Fuenmayer was, in some ways, almost the weak link right. of that three, right? right? And now here he is. He's the only one, you know, left starting in that lineup. And I think, I also think that he's improved a lot over the course of the year, you know, at the start of the year, he was a little, I don't want to say irrational in the tackles, but he used to push up a lot, right? And now he's kind of realized his important role in the back and how disciplined he has to be. And he's kind of, he's, he's he, I mean, like I said, he's locked it in. Indeed, indeed. It's It's been an interesting, I, I think, just turnaround in many ways, right? You look at about a month ago, right? You look at that loss away to RGB, and you look at some of the questions that are coming out of that game. People were really, I think, worried at that point that this team wasn't going to make the playoffs. Now we're looking at a team that is tonight in fourth place in USL Championship in the Western Conference. It's just intriguing how quickly those things turn around, isn't it? And even then, I mean, yeah, there have been some reasonable results. There have been a couple of disappointing results in that spell, but... All in all, this team, I, I mean, I know Jose Bosch no longer with us here in Phoenix, but uh, did tweet earlier as well. When it comes down to playoff time, no team's really going to want a piece of this Phoenix Rising team, are they? No, I think like right now they're probably one of the hottest teams in the league. And let me tell you, like I was on the call for the RGV game. It was it was rough. 
it was rough to see it just was it was static it was flat it was no energy they didn't seem like they wanted to be there and they didn't look like a team that's going to be in the playoffs and then you watch today going up you know three nil and still sending long balls out to Trejo and still looking to score and still celebrating each goal and like it's a team that's really had flipped around I'm sure Juan Guerra gets a lot of credit for that and really getting into his mm-hmm. players and saying like boys we have the talent to be one of the best teams in the league we just have to go out and show it each mm-hmm. week no team is going to give it to us I will say though like I, I'm very curious to see like that they're kind of ascended into that kind of top upper echelon of teams, but I'm curious to see how they do against a San Antonio and a Sac Republic in a, in a playoff situation. Obviously, they split the games with Republic, but the, those upper echelon teams, I'm sure they're you know more than prepared, but they're definitely noticing how well Rising have done. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to. The chat are getting quite excited about something here. I'm going to have to ask Statlucky Reese to. Have a quick look and confirm this for us, because at the moment it is unconfirmed as far as I'm concerned. Apparently this was Detroit City's worst loss ever. Um, Stat Lucky Reese, please get on that one. Hopefully we get an answer by the end of the show and can confirm that one for you. Um, Edward is one of the people in there who's saying that. I see him now getting very excitable. Um, it's, I, I mean, that's, that's interesting, right? Because... They were, Look, a, they were a NISA it, team. They were a NISA team, and before that, they played an even worse league. So it, it's not a shock to me, necessarily. I mean, this is only their second season in USL Championship. But, yeah, I, I mean, again, it's hard. For, from You look at Detroit City, right? And Juan was talking in the, in, in the postgame about how he has a lot of respect for Trevor James over on the Detroit City bench, right? This is a team that is one of the lower budget teams, if not the lowest budget team in this league. Um, and yet they still find ways. Look, is it pretty football? No, no it's not pretty it's football, not. right? It's defensive, negative. There are many other terms that people would use to describe that particular football. But it's effective, just not tonight. Tonight it didn't work. And that's a large part of, right, again, if you can hang on in there and you can grind out, you know, we're not going to concede. Maybe we'll nick one on the counter. That's all well and good. The problem is, of course, when you concede in the first half, you're it kind of puts spot. you behind. Like, they're not a team that can chase a game. And, and I was really noticing that where when you're such a defensive team and you're built on a counterattack, if you go down, you don't have an attacking, like, option you don't have you don't have a a switch you can flip right and so that was their problem was they were chasing the game and they didn't have it and then when they eventually got out of that defensive system when they went two nil down that's when you started to see even more opportunities to go for even more chances for trail even more holes when they got tired and they didn't want to defend as much but i think credit to detroit city though for like you said lowest budget team and they're not bottom of the standings like they're challenging for a playoff spot it's not pretty but it works. It's effective. And I think that's like a lot of credit to them for finding themselves in a situation where they can challenge for a playoff spot. Indeed. Indeed. I tell you what, before we move on a little bit here, I do want to pay attention to at least one little bit of a tweet that aged poorly. This one from the Northern Guard supporters. That is the supporters group up in Detroit. Uh, they tweeted at 22 minutes past eight this evening. That was during the first half. Pretty wild that we have the two best goalkeepers in the league on our squad while tagging, of course, Nathan Steinwasher, who was on the yeah. bench for this game. Yeah. And, of course, the player who started tonight, Ryan Shallow. Now, that aged incredibly badly, let's be honest. Rising had seven shots on target, five of which were goals. To be fair, like, at that time, like, 
he was doing really good. Like he had a couple mm-hmm. really good saves and he did the best he could. Um, but it ages really it badly when really you Right, yeah. Now 5-0 and like he saw really who Danny Trejo and Manuel Otago <laughs> were for real. And like, you know, you play against this level of players and, it, you know, it gets real for you real, really fast. And he, he was not able to keep that kind of form for the entire game. <laughs> he was not. He was not. Well, you know what? If you've got some... Uh, I see a lot of people actually been asking in the chat about where Max is. I wonder if Max may be at home. He may be enjoying himself some OGs. He may be enjoying some OGs back there because, of course, we know that Max does enjoy the new multi-flavor bags from OGs. They've got the fruits. They've got the creams. Those mixed bags. The fruits. you got the red apple water melon and peach you got the creams with the blackberries and cream orange cream skull and the peaches of cream lots of good stuff again i know max he's probably at home enjoying some of those because he of course is not doing his usual winning shot that he normally does uh maybe he is i don't know max is max is not responding right now so uh we'll we'll let max enjoy his evening probably settling down with some ogs and you too of course can check out our friends at ogs brands for yourself try one or a few or many of their delicious flavors check them out across all socials at ogs brands and online at ogsbrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you and of course you must be 21 plus to enjoy responsibly and something else that you We'll enjoy a lot more if you're 21 plus, of course, and you're able to enjoy many of the different beers, Dan, with our friends at Valley Taproom. Of course, uh, I've been chatting with Max. Maybe, maybe this week, since it's been a weird week, maybe we'll swing on down there for Trivia Tuesday. Good time down there at Trivia Tuesday. We always enjoy uh, checking in with our guy, Donald. They have lots of beers on uh, tap, really, a lot of them. And around the back, they've got... Lots of different bottles. They've got a w- good wine selection, and they've got a, a limited light bar menu there as well in terms of food. But of course, you can also bring food in from elsewhere. Make sure to check out Valley Tap Room. Check them out on Instagram at Valley Tap Room and visit them off the tour to in Gilbert. And if we are heading down to a Trivia Tuesday, then uh, we'll make sure to let you guys know. But before that, should we have a look around the USL? Should. Let's have a look around the USL. Specifically San Diego Loyal. Specifically San Diego Loyal. I'll run through the scores for a starter, including uh, the scores from last night. You have uh, Friday night games, Orange County nil, Colorado Springs 1, New Mexico United 3, India 11, 2. And then the games today, Loudoun United 2, Charleston Battery 2, Liverpool City 1, San Diego Loyal nil. Miami FC 1, Pittsburgh Riverhands 2, Memphis 901 4, Hartford Athletic 2, San Antonio 3, Tampa Bay Rowdies 3, Sacramento Republic 1, El Paso Locomotive 0, Oakland Roots 0, FC Tulsa 1, big game there, Monterey Bay 3, Las Vegas Lights 2. So to add all those things up, right, obviously San Diego Lowe's loss tonight means that Rising have overtaken them in the standings. Rising are in fourth place. That means if the season ended today, Rising would be hosting their first round playoff game. The other one that's interesting there really is the result last night, Orange County losing. That means now Rising are only two points behind Orange County Mm -hmm. and have Orange County left to play here at 38th Street in Washington. Yeah. So it's in Rising's hands, right? If Rising in theory are to win out the rest of the season, they finish in third at least. Right. And for them, Juan Guerra said his big plan this year was he was aiming for that home playoff spot. And right now he's in it. But I think it's very 
important to say that like like we have with rise like we've always said with rising it's very ebb and flow right and they have these very good moments and they have these very bad moments and this could very turn quickly into right they're not clearing away of san diego lawyer at this point right and so one loss one slip up down the line and you know they're slipping down the standings in the you know fifth or sixth place but you know you have other teams in the colorado springs is in there oakland roots is in there and it's just it's very important for them to realize that they're not clear in a way at this point no absolutely not rising on 45 points they're behind orange county on 47 san antonio on 51 they played a game more sacramento on 54 at the top of the western conference but you then head down from rising again rising on 45 you look down the table san diego actually have a game in hand on 40 and that's something to notice yeah that's important because that means that san diego can of course overtake rising without rising necessarily messing anything up along the way colorado springs are on 40 oakland roots also on 40 monterey bay also on 40 el paso on 39 so rising now with five games remaining six points above the playoff line that's also a big one there because it means that you'd hope at least no matter what rising do realistically going through the end of this season it would take a colossal meltdown it would take a real real colossal meltdown for this team to not make it to the playoffs. Of course, we know that one team there in the Western Conference that already eliminated Las Vegas Lights. They lost. They were actually winning today away to Monterey Bay. And they lost. And they lost. And they lost that game. It was a an interesting day across, uh, interesting weekend across the Western Conference. Again, though, it feels like in many ways, much like last weekend, the results around Rising going in Rising's favor and Orange County with a form team a couple of weeks ago, they're starting to drop off. It's rising now who feel like, in honesty, they hold that title uncontested at this point. Right, and I think the biggest thing is like just realizing how kind of fluid this league is. Orange County at one point was bottom of the standings through the first, what, 10, 12 games of the season, and they have went on form, and now they're up at third place. And like it doesn't take – like there's a lot of movement that's there for them, right? And so rising, they're only three points behind, even on games. They could push up into third and – I mean, even barring some some you know some results from San Antonio, they might be able to push in a second. That's kind of a long shot at this point, but like there's a lot still for them to play for. There's a lot more that they can get up for and get ready for games for. There is, there is, and of course, then as you look around, chat to Detroit City currently in ninth in the uh, Eastern Conference. I mean, but just as a, a show of the fluidity as you were talking about, right? Let's look at Oakland Roots as a team. Right. These last two weeks, they've lost to Vegas Lights and FC Tulsa. Those are bad results. Right. Really bad results for a team that just a couple of weeks ago were also in contention for a, a home playoff game. Right. And for Oakland Roots, like, I mean, they, they lost their goal scorer and traded them this way. Granted, they got Babakar Jai back, so shout-out to Oakland Roots and shout-out to Babakar Jai. But, no, like how fluid the league is and just on any given day, it feels like any one result could teeter you, could change the course of your season, especially getting down, you know, in the, kind of the the twilight of the regular season. It's like these one single result can change your entire trajectory of your season. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. And, of course, it doesn't slow down now from here on through to the end of the season, rising back in action on Wednesday, taking on Indy 11, an Indy 11 side that'll probably feature Solomon Asante, probably won't feature Aiden Quinn, who's struggling with some injury right now, and is yeah. probably unlikely to see him, I think, come up on Wednesday. But, yeah, it's, it's thick and fast from here on out. At least it's the last three-game-in-eight-day stretch that they've got for They've this had a season. lot of those, it they've feels like. They've had quite a few. It does feel like it's quite a few, and it's it's tough. It's tough to be going through these. Now, I'm chatting out now. I'm, I'm looking to the guy who is currently on his phone. Stat Lucky Reese, do we have any updates? Uh, yeah, 
is confirmed by Statlacky Reese. This was Detroit City's worst loss ever. There we go. It's very unfortunate for Detroit. Very unfortunate for Detroit. You know, oh, yeah. it's just quite funny that the most recent NGS tweet, if I don't look at replies at least, is is the one about the goalkeepers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't very good for them. Mm. Also, I wanted to go back to you were talking about Indy Eleven, Manuel Tiago's old team too. You think he's Indeed. you think he's thinking of a goal? Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. I think he's thinking of a of goal. Of course he is. Of course he is. But yes, of course. We've got a lot to talk about on the podcast on Monday when Max himself will be back. Um, whether for good or for bad chat, you render your verdict on that one. But uh, it's the end of a good day of football here. Phoenix Rising taking it by five goals to nil. And, of course, Cardiff City getting a little win over Swansea as well. In the yeah. South Derby. I appreciate, so, uh, uh, I appreciate the chat for having me today. Indeed, indeed. Somebody said the new Max. I don't know. Oh, the new Max, the new Max. Well, I don't know if we can replace Max or not, but you can replace, of course, your wardrobe with some fun T-shirts, some really good designs for our local teams here in Phoenix. Make sure to check out the PHNX locker. Lots of stuff there. Uh, we're down to our, our last few PHNX Rising T-shirts. So if you don't have one yet, you better get on there pretty quickly because they're going pretty quickly now. We don't have many left at all. I'll have it's, to pick one up. It's pretty much your last chance right now to hop on in there. We can count in a lot of sizes on our fingers how many are remaining. So, yeah, yeah, got to get those now. Uh, again, check out on the phnxlocker.com. And, uh, yeah, so, Devin, thank you for joining us after a pretty – exciting game at least you didn't get a boring one tonight no i didn't i was <laughs> lucky because i've definitely i've i've seen a couple of this season yeah there's been a few where you just kind of get out of a nil nil draw and RGV, especially with, with, with detroit and you think if yeah. this had been a nil nil draw yeah. oh this would have been pulling teeth tonight yeah new mexico was eh. like there's been some boring games but this one it was exciting it was good to see indeed indeed now chat as well to our chat who have been spamming us with everything and anything throughout the entirety of the night and giving us a lot of stick as well. We appreciate it. Right. I think that's about where we're going to call it. It's been a night. I'm going to go home and sleep. Me Probably too. have a while first, but I will go home and get some sleep. Until Monday. Good night.